This is Angelina, and you're listening to On My Mind Podcast. Hi, listeners, and welcome back to On My Mind Podcast. So today I have a very special guest here. Um, do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, uh, my name is Innocent uh, from Zimbabwe. I've been in Hong Kong almost seven years now. Um, so, you know, uh, when I came here, I came as a refugee uh, and then do my education here, my other education here uh, at the Chinese University of Hong Kong. And, um, you know, currently I, I run the Africa Center Hong Kong, uh, which is a social enterprise uh, right in Chimsacha, Jordan area. Yeah. So you have a really um, interesting background and I was really touched when I first heard your story and really interested as well. So I wanted to ask you a little more behind why you decided to found the Africa Center. Well, I mean, the, you know, the reason I decided to find the Africa Center, I mean, you know, there are a couple of reasons, you know, uh, you know but some of them, you know, one is uh, uh, the need to rebrand Africa, the need to rebrand blackness. Um, the status quo is um, black people are seen as either vulnerable or dangerous. You know, by vulnerable, it's like people who need help, uh, you know, who anybody, anybody, even if they have absolutely no training whatsoever, they think they can help Africans without doing any homework, you know, and this happens more often than you would like or than anybody would think, you know, that, you know, a lot of people who are even very nice would come to the Africa Center and they said, I want to help. I'm like, so what do you want to help? I'm like, oh, what, 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 what do we do? You know, well, what do you know about Africans? What, what do you, what do you, they don't know anything. They don't even do any research. They show up, you know, like for some reason, you know, everybody thinks they can help because the Africans are these vulnerable people who anybody can help, you know, they can't solve their own problems, but anybody can. So, but, you know, that's why we see things happening, the shooting from the police in America, you know, well, oh, yeah, they must be dangerous or, you know, like, oh, you know, in the past, you know, with the, oh, like, uh, let's protect our white women uh, in the Western world, you know, from this dangerous, hypersexual uh, monsters, savages, you know, so we have to rebrand that for people can be able to see Africans for who they are. Um, you know, and, and to be honest, there is a huge benefit to that, being able to accurately uh, see people, just be African than anybody else, you know, it means you actually can gain value uh, and you, they, you know, and they get value, you know, and it's more equal. So that's the first part, rebranding Blackness or rebranding Africa. Um, the second part, you know, which um, I think this one is largely driven by um, the need, uh, uh, you know, for the African perspective within the region, you know, being the Asia, you know, you know, being in Hong Kong, of course, Hong Kong as a as a starting point, you know, um, I think when the world is becoming so uncertain, um, you know, when people don't know, you know, what's going to happen next year, is COVID going to be here? Yeah. Um, what about, you know, protests around the world? Uh, what about that? You know, so when the world is so uncertain, um, you know, I really, really personally believe uh, that that's when the African perspective can actually thrive because we've dealt with uncertainty, um, you know, for um, 500 years or so, you know, ever since, you know, Europeans started coming to, to Africa, you know, yeah. slavery, you know, stuff. So, so we've had to deal with a lot of that. So, so given that, I think we have developed, um, you know, a very special 
um, perspective uh, that, if anything, is really built for understanding and navigating the current world. Uh, so, you know, what I observed in Hong Kong was, you know, I realized that, you know, a lot of people would ask me, oh, could you come and give a sharing on this one? Uh, talk about, okay, um, you know, anybody, students, corporates, anybody was coming to me, you know, trying to get an African perspective on things. And then I realized, like, man, you know, I think I'm getting a lot more tired from talking all the time in different places. I'm like, why can't I put a center that everybody can come now? So that it's not only me that people actually can, uh, can realize this is not, you know, this guy is special or anything. I think this, yeah. the only special thing is that this guy is African uh, and there's a lot more. So putting the center was really that feeling that need, you know, that the African person that people needed, um, you know, um, you know, and uh, the, the the other thing that really uh, I was thinking about was, you know, there wasn't really much of a, um, you know, I mean, everybody as much as they like to call it a safe space uh, for many things, but, um, you know, what I saw was largely bubbles, um, you know, around the, around here, in you know, or just across the world where, you know, there is not a safe space where people can connect, even from different perspectives or different ideologies, um, you know, people create safe spaces today within a bubble, you know, that's what safety is like, oh yeah, we just want to create our own safe space to talk about this. I'm like, but you're just creating a bubble, you know, I'm like, you know, so, so, you know, and bubbles are dangerous. They are factories for ideologues, for terrible things, you know, so, but I was like, you know, why can I create something which is bubbleless, you know, which is safe where you bring all these different, um, you know, people uh, yeah. and come in just, you know, be able to connect and change, exchange values. So that was the part of the connecting communities part. So in short, uh, the three things, which is also men, our mission is one, um, you know, being a rebranding Africa Two, you know, being able to connect communities within safe outside of the bubbles and the African perspective, which is usually, I would usually put in the guides of black consciousness. Yeah. So I really admire your work because I think that that is one of the number one things that I have, I think kind of realized is the fact that um, a lot of people, I think the way parts of Africa have been portrayed in the media is just always as like you internalize stereotypes um, mm -hmm. about, about Africa, even if it's subconscious, it's mm -hmm. still, it's still there because of, you know, the, the way that we've been, or at least for me, for example, like, in Europe, I grew up kind of with an image of Africa as um, being, you know, people there need help and whatnot. And so I think it is really important that you mention the fact that, first of all, educate yourself and um, learn to actually appreciate and value um, the perspective rather than immediately thinking you need to like jump at people's help. And, um, and so what I think was also interesting is um, I know that for you, um, you have a very interesting stance on the idea of charity and yeah. how, so how would you uh, define your stance on charity and why, what do you think are some of the, um, I guess, pitfalls of it? Well, charity, um, you know, from my experience growing up, you know, it's not like it's a new thing to me and to my experience, you know, being in Hong Kong initially as a refugee, um, so I've had to, and being African in my, in many ways, I have to always meet up with some charity. Some some charity people are gonna be there around. So you know, I really think charity is bad. 
um, you know, charity is bad uh, for anybody. Uh, you know, you don't have to be African. Um, you know, from the um, because the the problem with charity is not the people within the charity organization. Those people might mean well, yeah. um, but the, the the model of charity is bad in the sense that it's fundamentally flawed. In the sense that um, it to for the charity to continue to exist, the problem need to continue to be there. Um, yeah. So when you were talking about scaling, uh, you know, and be able to hire more people, uh, scaling your charity, you know, so what exactly are you saying? Are you saying, well, let's make sure it's either two things. One, you participate in making the problem worse or you, um, or you exaggerate the problem, which may not be there. You know, that's usually how charities um, uh, justify their continual existence. It's like, okay, my goodness, the problem is still they give us more money. Uh, you know, so 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 in the end, it's not uh, very impact based, though they like to claim some time because he, nobody questions them. Like, okay, last year you came here, you say we want three million Hong Kong dollars. You know, um, and then today you say you want four point five million dollars but what what it's supposed to be you were supposed to be you know there to also partially address the problem you know right. now you you wanted three last year today tell us you want one million because you've already addressed some of the issues you've already closed up some gaps you have raised awareness to the government to to be able to, to block to you know to to pick up some people who are falling through the cracks of society you know that's sort of like the the way i would expect if i'm going to be funding any charity you know but the funders don't think like that for them it's just a um a way to buy moral supremacy that's the problem right those people who are funding these charities is like oh my god yeah yeah i i i i i found some charity i must be morally superior um you know you know which i think is disgusting you know uh so so in a way you know uh there is that that's fundamental flaw that's in there you know um you know, of course you know um you know and then the whole idea that the problem really never gets solved it prolongs the problem you know uh and you know and people just get stuck you know uh, in a uh, in in this cycle where they never really get to be self-sustainable because yeah. anything that charity is scared of is self-sustainability of its uh, clients or its uh, uh, its uh, I don't know what they call them now you know I've heard some call them clients you know uh, the people whom they are supposed to serve you know it's um, self-sustainability scares charity like oh you want to yeah. be self-sustainable so if you're self-sustainable what about me you know Mr Charity how am I gonna survive so it's yeah. um uh, any effort for an individual and i speak this from personal experiences any effort from an individual to try to be self-sustainable it's it's met with a lot of backlash from charity organizations you know um because if they are not in the business for self-sustainability of the individual they are not in the business for for making sure people actually uh you know succeed and be able to you know live their lives their business keep you tied up uh and to, you know use you hang around to to get money and the other thing that charities have done in 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 africa or here in hong kong is to use people uh to to fundraise in the sense that they they they, they portray these images you know those those classic images of african kids with flies on their face yeah yeah you know? You know that that is remained ingrained in people's brains. You know, like you know, you a little kid, you trying to change them, like oh yeah, but I know you guys with flies and a little you know hungry kids with no clothes on. You know, but that was charity organization. So so so, but that's bad. You know, that means yeah. now we're talking about rebranding Africa, rebranding places because of that. So it's a, um, you know, I think it's you know charity is uh, you know of any form. Uh, you know, 
um, and you know, aid and other stuff. It's very malignant. It's it's bad. It's 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 poisonous. It's 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 you know, it's just horrible. Yeah, I think that's super interesting um, perspectives, and I definitely agree, especially because I think often the needs um, of people or clients aren't really considered. It's um, often what the charity thinks they need. Um, yeah. And then, and how is that going to help them? You know, if, um, like, <clears throat> if you don't actually listen to people and what they want or need, there's a definite disconnect there. And I think, um, yeah, a lot of um, people my age and in my grade as well, um, you know, try to get involved with charities and work with charities. And I think that obviously the intent is there to do good, but like you say, one has to be very careful and uh, very aware of how malignant uh, charity can be. And be, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, if somebody is willing to educate themselves and be very aware, you know, even if you engage with any charity organization, you know, I think you need to have a bigger picture, you know, yeah. You, you would realize the first thing charities try to do to manipulate the people who come to volunteer their charities that never never exchange phone numbers with them you know ah don't do don't you know the first thing they do is to exoticize the clients you know their clients and then they tell you that no you can't connect with them they have these difficult problems you know they have these things if you do with them you know you can't know what to say they give you a script what to do you know why they're saying that it's nonsense it's not like they're trying to protect anybody they're trying to protect themselves but they know that the moment you start having conversation and interact with these people you realize number oh my goodness these people are not like exotic people they're just yeah. like anybody else they yeah. go to toilet they liked football too they like this and they're like oh yeah we can be friends you know but they are not willing for that. They want to continue they themselves to be the bridge as yeah. a charity. Like, you know, you can't talk to them directly. Only come to us, okay? Give us $500 to talk to them. Or you want to visit a refugee home? Give us $500, you know? You want to do this? Oh, give us this. Because they know very well. Don't exchange phone numbers. Don't do all these things. Because they know very well that the illusion they're creating for mm. these uh, volunteers is going to be just shattered. Uh, and, um, and if they make a direct link, their existence won't really be there when they're claiming, oh, we're trying to help them to be able to, to, to connect to the law because like no no nonsense you know that's this that's not what you want you know if you want that why can't you just let them connect you know bring everybody like yeah, connect. not like oh yeah don't exchange phone numbers oh don't need them don't need them anywhere you know of course all those things it's just like a cult it's trying to protect themselves you know it's nothing really to do with the actual people yeah no definitely and i think um going back to um, I guess the best way I think to educate yourself and have maybe get rid of some of those internalized stereotypes. Um, what would you say are, are some of the best ways to educate yourself? So for example, I um, have been re reading quite a lot of literature on this. Um, I recently read Americana, which mm -hmm. uh, I really, really enjoyed. So are there any kind of other yeah, recommendations you have well, I mean, reading is uh, is a good starting point, you know, for those who can, uh, you know, who who can read, uh, you know, it's definitely a very good starting point. And uh, be very careful as well when you know people are picking up books. You know, you know, I you know, I can tell you confidently that a lot of some of the content that is popular 
in the Western world, if it's related to Africa, you know, it's popular for some reason and tell you it's probably trash. Uh, it's, it's probably trash content. I mean, I can give you an example of, you know, you know, you got Malcolm X and you got Martin Luther King Jr., right? Mm-hmm. Who do who do the people who is the popular one among the people? It's Martin Luther King Jr. You know, who sounded like you know his dream was for a black child and a white child to sit next to each other on a bus. Who cares? You know, sitting next to each other on a bus. You mean black people have been fighting for hundreds of years to sit next to white people on the bus? And these are the people that they would say, "Yeah, read Martin Luther King Jr. Let's have a holiday on Martin Luther King Jr. He's an amazing guy." You know, yeah. but the person whom people should read is Malcolm X because he's the one that really speaks exactly what the black people had always been wanting or what the black people were trying to say. But you're not going to have that popularized, you know. So I think I think there is a, what I'm trying to really suggest there using that common example is the the need to not go with the top 10 books in Africa to read on the internet, you know, because you are going to be presented with the trash most of the time, you know, which is really uh, someone who is echoing, um, you know, certain imaginations already of what the people in the West would have wanted. So, so the idea is, how do I actually go to find the right books if it's reading? How do I get to do that? You yeah. know, I mean, it needs a little bit more digging, you know, a little bit more digging until you can actually be able to say, you know what, uh, this is the thing. You know, you will not hear people like Franz Fanon uh, being uh, mentioned, you know, uh, in, 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 the, in, 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 the, in the public, you know. You, you would hear, you know, some names and some of those names, to be honest, you know, a book that you probably, and most of the people would read, there was a book uh, in Sierra Leone uh, called the a long way gone, you know, um, or this guy, you know, who was talking about all this shooting is here in Sierra Leone, uh, 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 and you know, here child soldier and other stuff, you know, and the and the the white uh, UN ladies coming to save them, you know, yeah. from this disaster. And those are the popular books you'd find in the West, you know. Yeah. But this is trash. That is like rubbish. Okay, that's like rubbish. You know, it's it's nothing to do with Africa. It's everything to do with the aid workers. Nothing to yeah. do with Africans. It doesn't contextualize the the actual thing. It is zero context of why the people are fighting. It's just guns, guns everywhere. You know, yeah. people think they're reading something, but that's rubbish. Total rubbish thrown to the to the trash can. You know, but but it's um. So they need to actually go in depth and try to find good books. You know, um. You know, with the very if, if it's about Africa, it's, you know, very Afro perspective, you know, I think Shinua Achebe does a very good job as yeah. a good start. Um, yeah. You know, people like, you know, Dambuzo uh, Marichira, uh, you know, House of Hunger, for example, those are a very, very, um, you know, good start to, to read, you know, but beyond that, it's really, um, you know, talking to people um, and meeting yeah. people and, and going there with a very open mind. And that's, you know, a lot of people don't fully understand what that means. It really means drop all your judgments yeah. and try to learn the world afresh because the, our minds and brains have been polluted by the adults and the TV um, and, and being able to actually drop all that and just be open-minded and be willing to learn. And there is no, because the thing is, there are two layers there. You go there, you meet people, you talk to them like, oh yeah, I talk to people, yeah, yeah. You know, and then if you come, I'm like, no. The fact that you, by being open-minded, the first thing you need to be aware of is your own privileges and how these people actually are seeing you to begin with. If these people are seeing you, um, you know, 
in some, you know, they may never be themselves to talking to you. They're just going to give you what you want to be, you know, what you want to see, what have you come here for. That's why a lot of uh, very nice people would go to some African places, NGO stuff, and then they are working, like, oh my God, we've done a great job. I'm like, no, these people were performing for you. These people are performing for you because that's what you wanted, because you're not keen to learn. You're not keen to be actually have a very open dialogue. So, yeah. so what that is, yeah, so there is a need for, for that, to be able to overcome those when you're interrupting people. So there's reading, there's talking to people, but when you're talking to people, really, really, really spend a lot of time um, hanging out and proving that you are really there for, you are different from the other guy that came before you, you know, um, because a lot of people just, oh yeah, I talk to people now. I'm like, no, it's, 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 nah, you know, you need to really, really uh, engage. Yeah, I, I agree. I think um, those are two things that are incredibly important. And um, going back to the, the books quickly, I also think it's, um, like you mentioned, it's important to read ones where the characters aren't victimized, aren't portrayed as victims. Yeah, or as, yeah like for example, when I read Americana, it was it was a it was basically a love story, right? And so yeah. you you get out of this mentality of oh, like they're victims, they need help. It's like you you look past that and you you look at they're just people, they're just regular people. Yeah, agency. Um, you know, it's it's the powerful thing about uh, Chimamanda. Um, you know, is that she, you know, she really doesn't try to make African characters fit the Western gaze yeah. uh, um, of the suffering, lack of agency, um, you know, African, you know, she, she doesn't want either the female characters to fit the male gaze or the Western male gaze. Yeah. Um, you know, I think one of the things you'd see in Americana is that, you know, uh, you know, uh, if I'm male, I don't remember the name, you know, the lady, you know, um, you know, she is getting all these things and she's doing all these things. Uh, and I don't want to ruin it for people who haven't read it yet, you know, but, but you know, you're like, oh, and, and a woman is supposed to be like this victim, all that stuff. But you see, she's taking action, agency, autonomy to do certain things, whether good or bad, but yeah. she actually has the power to be deciding some of the things, you know, despite all the, you know, all the uh, uh, structural things that may be around. So, 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 so the power of, of reading a character with agency. And I'm telling you the truth is like a lot of people really haven't seen, a lot of people have not read anything. Even those people who think they read African literature yeah. or African scholars who are not African or even African themselves, they've never read anything which actually has African agency in it. Uh, you know, be it the history of Africa, you know, the first thing, like, oh yeah, and Vasco da Gama, the Europeans. I'm like, come on, it's so. So now we start with the Europeans. That's yeah. that's Africa. Yeah. Yeah. South African history. Oh, and Van Rippe came to South Africa. Oh, like, so, so that's that's you. That's the history. Yeah. I mean, this is European story. This is not African. Yeah. Um, you know, so so it's a so the the people really need to see beyond that you know i'm like you know so you really really think you're reading african this is not africa whatever you read about africa is nothing to do with africa it's everything to do with what the europeans uh think about what the europeans have made of africa it's nothing zero zero to do about africa so so yeah. after people read you know not knowing i think not knowing is better than being misinformed, you know. So better be ignorant than being misinformed. Because after you read, you spend two years reading all that trash that Europeans had written about 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 Africa, uh, and you know, you know, other Africans have written about Africa based on them, 
getting their education in European institutions, you have become miseducated. You are worse off than somebody who really doesn't know anything. Like you are, person is worse off. So, so it's, that's another thing, you know, the carefulness. It's not like reading is gonna make you, you know, get a little bit. Sometimes you read trash or rubbish. Well, you go, you go in the negative direction. So you become, person become worse. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, so while I, I think um, that kind of wraps up the discussion, is there anything that you want to leave the listeners with? Well, I mean, I think, I think really, you know, what I could potentially say is, uh, you know, for understanding any phenomenon in, in any community and be able to engage with any community, especially if you are the person who really thinks about social justice, uh, if you're a person who thinks about all the inequalities that are in the world, um, you know, uh, you know, the really important thing is to engage and read and try to understand uh, things and be very much aware of your own privileges and be very much aware of where you stand. Because in many ways, interacting with other group of people, you don't really learn as much about that group of people than you learn about yourself uh, and really be able to see, you know, what value you are getting from it and what value you are giving. Um, so it's, I think it's, there is no better way to that. You know, I, I can't think of anything better than that as a starting point. Yeah, um, wise words. <laughs> Thank you so much for, for being on the podcast. And I think this is going to leave a lot of listeners with some really good insight and really interesting information. Um, and so, I yeah, I thank you for being on. Thank you. My pleasure. Yeah.